Hi, this is Joel Gray. This is Adrian Warren. This is Andrew Keenan Bolger. This is Chuck Cooper. This is Brandon Uranoa. This is Mandy Gonzalez. This is Rachel Bay Jones. This is Christy Altamar. This is Kristen Chenoweth. This is Cheetah, and you're listening to Key Prices Curtain Call. And we are back. Here we are again for another fabulous conversation about theater. You know how much I love me some theater. And we are utilizing the beauty and the magic of the digital era to start bringing theater to lots and lots of people around the country. So, you know, again, I love to say it is nice to see in this day and age that we are now living this free life as, you know, out artists. That's our big thing now. We can be out. We can be fabulous. We can be seen. You know, we can wear rainbows and people can get over it now. But there was a time in entertainment where that just was not the case. And you guys may have remembered my last conversation with Perry Ojeda when he we were talking about him on Broadway and how he was getting the opportunity to be on stage with two very large gay icons like Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Leah Delaria and how at the time in the 90s that was a huge, huge deal. And my guest today, guys, is someone who in his own way had to live through that kind of experience of being not only an out performer, but also playing an out character on a very high profile show at a time when it was not de rigueur, if you would like to say, to see, you know, not only the character being gay, but also the actor being gay. And so today, not only is Bill Brockdrup, see, got it. Did I do it? Bill Bartrup is here with me today to talk about all of that. But you know what? He's also a theater baby, which is what, you know, you do a little research and you start Googling people, you get to find out all kinds of good stuff about him. So he was one of the, you were just off Broadway and, and in New York and just turning the theater scene out while you were here. Is that correct, Mr. Mr. Brockrup? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, Welcome. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I grew up in uh, in Tacoma, Washington, and I, I was like, got to New York as fast as I could. So I, I was at NYU and I was um, not, to, not to say something bad about Tacoma, but, you know, it's, I was eager to get to New York. That's all I could say. Wow. Um, I was at NYU and, uh, you know, I love New York, but I've been in Los Angeles now for many, many years. So I yeah. came out here when I was still quite young um, and I. Uh, you know, like like a lot of people who come here trying to make it in film and television and get and, and earn that that money, um, and enjoy that ride. But while I was here, I was always doing theater in Los Angeles, and so it's always been kind of a a thing for me to promote Los Angeles theater because I know that a lot of people think that that's some uh, doesn't that that Los Angeles and theater just don't go together. Like, what is that about? Um, and I know uh, that there's so much great theater here and has been for many years. So I'm I've been a big promoter ballet theater um even while going back to new york on the occasion to do things and i would love to go to, back to new york more just because it's so much fun to live there uh, <laughs> i enjoy it so much well maybe not this very moment but uh, or, or in recent times well you, well, you know at, in this moment i gotta say new york has been a challenge to to live in but it's funny because when i hear you say when you're talking about being a big proponent of, of uh, new york or los angeles theater i can already hear the the sass and the teeth sucking of every person that is a Broadway fan that's listening to the podcast. <laughs> like, oh, really? I know. I yes, I know. They talking about theater. Don't nobody talk about no theater from Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> but, it's true. But there's it's a true thriving. But there's a thriving community of theater 
Absolutely. And it often is in the shadows of the studios, you know, we feel like sort of like the, what do they say, a, a stepchild or whatever of the, of the, <laughs> of the, of the industry, but, um, which is wrong because stepchildren are awesome. But um, we, we often feel a little overlooked, I think. Hey, in Los Most Angeles. stepchildren are awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Most. Totally. <laughs> oh, there might be some, I don't know. Um, uh, so I've been involved in, in, the, in the intimate theater scene in Los Angeles, which is made up of, of many, many small under 99 seat theaters. Uh, and I have come to love that theater more than I do uh, some of your big Broadway shows because it's so up close and personal. I like to sit in the front row and I like to see people sweat, uh, literally. And so you get that and you get to see, because Los Angeles has so many wonderful actors here, uh, the pool of acting talent is is vast. And so... Uh, we're able to to utilize uh, lots of great actors who are here who who care about the theater. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking too that you say that it's in the shadow of the television and, and film industry, but when you think about it, that also is um, uh, an opportunity for that place to develop actors and actresses as if they were on Broadway, you know, or training to be actors and and do stage work in in New York by giving them the opportunity to get stage work in Los Angeles, to keep those skills fresh, to give you those, the nuances and things you need yeah. for, 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 you know, for television and film, which is what is happening here, basically, you know? Everybody does might... theater to try to get to TV eventually, so <laughs> why shouldn't theater just be that much closer to TV? Well, my feeling is that great storytelling is wherever great storytelling is. I love, uh, I love television. I've had a great experience in television. Uh, Throughout my career, um, I've, I've enjoyed the uh, what television can do, which is amazing, is it can tell the story over a long period of time. Right. So, for example, NYPD Blue that I worked on, you know, uh, was on for 12 years. So, and I was on it for 10. So the, uh, the stories that <laughs> we told take place in real yeah, awesome, take place in real time. I mean, so that the, the right. coming together of my character, who was a, a very openly gay, uh, upbeat, positive person and a, a sunny person and a very grim dark gritty world uh right. winning over um detective sipowitz uh, played by dennis franz right. who was kind of a, a bigoted uh homophobic cop we became friendly but it took literally 10 years for that to happen <laughs> from when he Which sort is of true. you know despised me at the beginning till the uh, eventually i started babysitting his, his son on the show and then in the last season i uh, officiated his wedding right. so that took place in real time uh, over 10 years and the audience grew along with us in that that's not something the theater can do that's something television can do the very theater true. does something very different and i've enjoyed my experience in both and i feel like um the the great storytelling is where the great storytelling is and where it takes us so um now i i am I'm artistic director of the mts theater company in los angeles and we're a classical theater company we do uh, timely and timeless works but um, we've tried now to find a way to reach people during this pandemic that is another way of telling great stories, which is right. through uh, audio plays and podcasts. It's, you know, it's so fun. I just was talking to you before we started really recording for this interview and, and it was fun to listen to the, the pieces because it's like a radio play, but it was even better because you know, we're going to have to use our imaginations more in order to enjoy the work. And that was actually really fun. And it was an engagement in a way that we don't normally get to do because, you well, know, 
I like I said, you know, I love a flashy musical. So, you know, <laughs> so, right. give me my costume changes, give me my overture, give me my big numbers. But it was fun because it was being able to engage in a different way with theater again, which is fantastic. Well, we've been, we were looking, um, you know, we have a small intimate theater, 80 seats. As you do, you're very close right. to everybody. You've got a great view and you really see the actors, you know, sweating, as I say. But um, as we were looking during this, um, you know, the pandemic shutdown of everything, all the theaters, of course, shut down. Um, you know, a lot of people were doing Zoom theater and trying to figure out ways to hybrid film, film stage plays, these kind of things, all fantastic. But we were, I, I love podcasts. I mean, I just yeah. personally love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. And we thought that, um, I, I felt that the intimacy of our stage, which is very small, is analogous to the uh, intimacy that, of someone telling a story right into your ear and sort of whispering the story in your ear. And also because we, we concentrate on a lot of classical pieces, it's hard to find things that speak to Los Angeles in particularly or our, right. our community in particular. Right. Um, and so we have a playwrights lab and we commission playwrights to uh, choose a zip code in Los Angeles and write a 30 minute uh, play about that zip code and that's all we sort of told them so the, the genres are very uh open we have some that are funny some that are mm -hmm. historical some that have magical realism we've got a ghost story you know they're all different and uh but relate to specific communities in the greater los angeles county and uh that was a way to sort of uh uh speak to our community and at the same time, because theater has such problems, and I mean, my goodness, Broadway for sure has such problems with access, you know, um, we wanted to find a way to make these, uh, they're, they're, so we, we release them as a podcast. Right. You're free to download on our website and on you know, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. This way that takes away the barriers of people who can't afford to come to the theater, which is a huge problem, certainly on Broadway a problem. Uh, people who are geographically distant from us, uh, mm -hmm. people who have transportation issues, people who have uh, a schedule issues, people who work at night and can't come to the theater, people who have childcare issues, uh, people who are, um, as we, we know, many people just don't feel that they're invited to be in the theater. They didn't. They don't feel that that, it, oh, I'm, I'm not, that's not part of my right. world. And you know, I don't feel welcome or comfortable there. This way people can come and listen whenever they want at their own time and we tell a story right right to them in their headphones and the best part too is again it also feeds into the the sh kind of a short attention span that we kind of have as a nation over coming to so you're getting these really wonderful stories in 30 minute bites basically which yeah, is kind of like that which is cool i listen to podcasts i go on my walk or i, I do the dishes or i clean my garage you know and right and, um and and it's a perfect length so, so that's why we, that's why we, why we did that. I like that. I like that. Bill Brocktrip with me here on Keith Price's Curtain Call. And it's so much fun talking to you because again, when I, when you were talking about your days on NYPD Blue and how I, I remember the period, because this, we're talking like the late eighties, early nineties, starting off into that process and where we were as a country with um, the gay identity, shall we say and how it has turned, what it's turned into today. Because I'm sure that when you were on set, you know, trying to live your best out life, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever dream that you would see, you know, 
gay marriage or, you know, would you oh. dream to see something like RuPaul's Drag Race where you have straight men on a construction site arguing about whether or not they like Raja Hohara? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did we ever think that that would be the world that we would be living in now? Did you? Th- I mean, what? I feel like I had a little, little taste of it. Uh, I was always very, um, as I said, I'm very optimistic about the future of the world. Um, so, you know, when I first started on the show, it was 90, 95, I started 95. Um, and there, this is, there were not many uh, out gay actors that you could name at that time. There are a few and I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, grateful and proud of them and the guys who came before me who made it a little easier. Um, but there, there was a, it was a time of outing and people were very, uh, which is, you don't see as much now, this sort of, sort of outing no. people. Um, it was a scary time in, in some ways for that. But I have a friend, uh, playwright Jonathan Tolins, who uh, wrote Byron Seller. You probably know him, yes. awesome writer. Um, and I just remember he said to me back then, you know, do you want to be, before I had to come out on the, on the show, uh, he said, do you want to be at the, the tail end of one era or the, or the beginning of a new era? And uh, that choice made it very clear wow. and very easy what was the right thing to do. Um, wow. So I came out in the, in the press. You know, everyone had, when people ask about coming out, it's a funny thing because everyone has to, people, some, I think a lot of straight people or something think that coming out just means you like make one declaration once. <laughs> and really coming out is, a, you know, uh, it's, it's a, you're doing it every day. It's you a st- lifetime experience. You have yeah. to come out to yourself first, which, you know, in some cases is not so easy. I mean, I was mm-hmm. pretty mixed up when I was younger, you know, um, you have to come out to your family, to your friends. Mm-hmm. And some people have to come out to the press, uh, you know, yeah. and that was something that I, that there was not a lot of, uh, or a lot of examples that I saw. Of. Uh, no, um, nope. <laughs> but once I did i'm i've never never regretted it i've been so much happier and uh i i I encourage everybody to do it it's um i i it was very helpful and who knows what happens with your career you know what i mean i i may have lost some uh, roles because of it on the other hand i've gained a lot of roles from it and people say like oh are you afraid you only play gay parts and i'm like i love playing gay parts Uh, there's an authenticity and i feel my acting is better when i'm playing gay parts when i worked on major crimes another uh, cop show Mm -hmm. um i played a gay uh uh uh, police psychologist and i love that opportunity as well to just be like a gay person in the workforce in the workforce Uh, where where you know him being gay was not a particular issue it just was a fact and it wasn't hidden but it wasn't uh, neither was it uh, exploited. It just existed because, well, because of good writing and a and a, <laughs> a, a executive producer James Duff who who likes to tell stories authentically. Um, so uh, I've been happy with that. That's you with the choice roles. So with you and Antias, um, what's what's some of the things that we can look forward to with the theater company? Because right now for folks who are listening, the opportunity to hear the uh, zip code pieces, the zip code plays, you have two seasons of actually of zip code plays. Yeah, right? we did. We, we did, we did a first season during the, during the lockdown, we commissioned six writers. Um, we, we figured out how to deliver uh, recording equipment and kits to uh, all of our actors remotely. So everyone recorded in their own homes, uh, safely. And then we have a brilliant sound designer, uh, an audio producer, Jeff Gardner, who somehow magically puts it all together, along with Foley, which, you know, is the kind of uh, 
sound of horse hooves and mm -hmm. silverware clanking around, which she's brilliant at. And put them all together. Um, we have a host, Ramon Giocampo, and uh, original music from Ella Mandel. We put it all together. And it sounds like everybody was in the same room at the same time. It which does. They were not. It does. It's so funny because it's sort of like, th that's the other thing about how theater is having to come together in a weird way that is like, I would have never expected. Isn't this amazing though? funny? We've got, we, and there's like, there's like fist fight and there's kissing. And somehow it sounds like everybody was in the right in place the at the right room. time. Uh, so we that. That, that, it went so well, and we were absolutely shocked by how well the first season did, and we were able to reach people from uh, not just all across the country, but all across the world we've had listens from. Exactly. And for a small theater, you know, that kind of outreach is, is amazing. So we, we decided to do um, a second season, which we just released. Um, so those are also available. So there's 12 altogether now. And um, we are going to be doing a third season, which will release um, in the late fall. Uh, there's a long lead time because we've got to commission the writers. They have to write the plays, they nice. record them, and then the process of post-production on them takes a, a fair amount of time. So now that the um, COVID restrictions have kind of changed in a different way, will you be able to start at least recording in the same rooms together with we'll those see, plays, or do you want to? We will. We will record these. Um, then the season three will record uh, probably at the end of the summer. So I think it's likely we will continue to do them uh, remotely just so everyone is super comfortable and the actors mm -hmm. feel uh, very comfortable. We, we have, you know, we've gone through all the trouble of learning how to do this uh, <laughs> properly and make it sound great. So I don't see a reason that we need now to want to mess it up with this whole yet. Yeah. Going and we back hope to, to be back in the, we hope to be back in the theater in person uh, probably this fall with um, uh, some readings and things like that. But I, we are cautious about moving uh, too quickly into, uh, we're all eager to get back to the theater. We miss that community. Right. Um, but I also want to do it safely and where the audience and the actors and everybody involved feels ex extremely comfortable. So um, we are, we are not, uh, uh, we're not on a, a, a super rush to get back in. I want to do it properly. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a challenge. This is going to be, I think in the end, it's going to be fun to see how we can, because once things start getting back to normal, it's going to be interesting to see how maintaining, maintaining um, this particular style, because this is a great new, I guess, frontier for theater, for theater um, admirers, for theater makers. This is a whole other new kind of a, a twist on the genre, if you will by being able to record these things at home and stuff like that. Like when it, when things get back to a more normal way, is that's going to be something that you're going to want to keep doing? I think so. I think that we've really enjoyed the audio format. Um, and I think it's something that we will likely continue as part of our uh, regular programming. Now I, I will say that at some point when it's going to be safe to be in the theater altogether, it would be a whole lot easier to record uh, everybody <laughs> in the same room. So I, I can see us moving to that, but I believe that we will keep going with um, some kind of uh, uh, original audio content because it answers so many questions about access for us um, yeah. and, 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 and for the theater in general. I think that that's something we're not gonna wanna lose. And I love the idea that we, we have a lot more zip codes in Los Angeles to explore. <laughs> and once we finish that, you know, I think there are uh, zip codes in California and then zip codes all across the nation. We have writers who I'm sure would like to write about uh, New York and New Orleans and uh, Chicago and uh, Boise yeah. and wherever they're from. And uh, we want to hear those stories too. So I can see zip code USA, uh, something in our future. 
Mm. Well, I see someone needs to be copywriting that kind of idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, because honestly, that is the most amazing, fun way to engage the country. Like, can you imagine what the the Mississippi stories could be like if people really wanted to to write some? I would stories? love to hear it. We have great playwrights here you in know? Los Angeles, and uh, we want to take advantage of them speaking about LA right now. Mm-hmm. But in the future, I'm I'm sure they want to talk about their hometowns and all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then you need to take Antius and get down to the copyright <laughs> office, whatever that artistic thing to get your snap yeah. on that licensure, whatever that you got to do, so yeah. that you know you can get to have a have a stake in it at the very beginning because it is a fantastic idea. You can do it like um. Who is it? Uh, she runs the theater, the La Mama Theater, and how mm. when you you start off with that chunk of working with them, then she's got a piece of that for in perpetuity. So, oh, I'm always happy about royalties and residuals. Believe you me, huh? Uh, hello, <laughs> in, in ten years on NYPD Blue, yeah. you better love you some residuals. Yes, hello. Uh, they've been very helpful. I'm sure they're. I'm sure it's not as big as it used to be. <laughs> oh, they do get smaller as the time goes on. That is the sad truth. But wow. but, but uh, I've been very very lucky. Fantastic. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to take some time and just, you know, hang out and chat with you and also getting the chance to, you know, get the word out about a little piece more of theater that's happening out in the world. So that makes me yeah, very happy. Please, people come and, and, and listen. They're um, available again at our website, antias.org, and as well as on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you look up zip code plays. That's what they are. I love that. They, so they're free. So for and for more information, they can go to Antaeus, A-N-T-A-E-U-S dot org. Is that correct? Yes. For- Antaeus, Antaeus is the name of a Greek titan. That's what we're named after. And then mm. the name is a little confusing. But yes, Antaeus.org is where you will find us. I'll admit I'm already thinking of somebody in some really fierce kind of like cutoff shorts, lawn cloth <laughs> and sandals. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. that visual. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Why Bill. not? So nice to talk to you. So wonderful to meet you. And Pleasure. again, for anybody, Bill Brocktrip. Brock See, look at that. I had it going. Billbrocktrip.com. B-R-O-C-H-T-R-U-P.com for more information about my guests. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. This thank is great. You. Pleasure. All right. And we will be back.